Viro, Frikandel ähm, mit Kraut. Frikandel mit Kraut, ja. Yeah. This is the first Frikandel mit Kraut episode of the Kraut Working Podcast. Viro, do you think it's possible uh, in a work life that you don't play? Uh, yes, it is. Yes? In general, it is possible to work and not play. Um, but I wouldn't prefer it. You wouldn't prefer it? No. Crowdworking.nl, the podcast for job seekers who are looking for personal development and a job in the Netherlands, where they honestly say, thank God it's Monday. Here's your host, Heiko Link. Yeah, hello and welcome to the first episode of the first interview episode of the Crowdworking Podcast, Crowdworkers Cast. And my first guest is Viro Kolpers from Enchede. Yeah. Enchede, okay. <laughs> He's a playful facilitator and podcaster and his podcast is The Play Way. And I can recommend that to you and of course I will link it uh, in the show notes. Viro, what is a playful uh, facilitator? What do you do for work when you work when you work <laughs> yeah, well, yeah thank you for having me really awesome to be in the first episode of this uh, of this podcast um i do recall how it is to make a first episode of a podcast usually that's the uh, that's the nicest one so hopefully the, nicest one, <laughs> the most downloaded one ever oh, yeah, well, yeah, it's yeah. true it's true i had that uh, two times and so you are number three all right okay. so we're raising the bar for this episode yes uh, a playful facilitator um is i believe someone who is able to uh, ignite a playful mindset for people in the working place. And uh, at least that is what I am trying to do. I yeah. am um, a facilitator of meetings where people in their working environment tend to come together to come up with new ideas, to discuss uh, strategies, to uh, do team building. Uh, and I bring some uh, playful tools and sometimes just my, my own playful mindset to get them into a mood Uh, that is not necessarily as, as serious as work, but that helps them to uh, get onto the same page or to understand each other much better. Mm -hmm. That's what I do, and that's what I think a playful facilitator okay. usually does. Okay. Uh, we will talk about that uh, a little bit more, of course, later. Um, for an introduction, I've got three questions, the same three uh, questions for every guest. The second question is, how uh, do you get this job? That's, that's the first question, actually, by the way. <laughs> you don't get this <laughs> job. Yeah. I, um, I've never seen a, a job offer that included we are looking for a playful facilitator. Yeah. Uh, you don't get this job. Uh, you, you create it. You shape it. Uh, and when you shape it in a playful way, I guess you wouldn't even say that it is, that it is a job. It's more like an uh, activity or so. And, and like job feels like work feels serious and yeah, uh, right. it feels a bit contradictionary with with uh, with the playful element. Right. We both hate that. Yeah. yeah. So you, <laughs> I, I don't think that you can look for this job, but you can shape it for yourself. And what's the way you went to that finally brought you? 
What's the way I went? Well, I, I had a career like most people who leave university where I, I started off as being kind of a, the, the junior uh, advisor uh, or the junior uh, uh, employee, um, gradually doing all the stuff that is needed in the working place and uh, working on goals that were set by the management and uh, um, keeping myself to the procedures that, that were there. Un- Till this moment that I uh, I came into the position where I kind of facilitated a, a creative workshop and noticed that it was really awesome to get many out, ideas out of a group of people, ideas that wouldn't have come out when I when I would have just had an ordinary meeting like we were used mm-hmm. to. Um, and I did this training to be a creative facilitator back in the days. It's already thirty or forty years ago. Oh. And when I when I did all those uh, sessions and meetings, facilitated those in a creative way, I noticed, well, this is something that that uh, that strikes me. This is something that I I really think is awesome. And when I started off my own business about ten years ago, um, I actually in, in, was in Berlin. I came across a guy who, who was from Frankfurt, I guess, uh-huh. who mentioned that he did kind of the same thing as I did. I presented myself as a strategic advisor uh, using creative methods to uh, to come up with new business models and stuff. And he said that he, w- he was working with Lego, Lego Series Play. Huh. And it felt like being being struck by lightning at that moment because I thought, wow, that, that was the thing that I did when I was young, working with Lego, making uh, drawings and playing soccer. Um, and at that moment, I decided that I, I just wanted to have my work to feel like Back in the days when I was a kid, mm. I wanted to make my work feel like play. And if possible, the work of others as well, make ah. other works, others' work feel like play as well. And I was a bit too old to uh, to catch up with my football career back then, but I tried <laughs> out the, making the drawings uh, in the working place as well, uh, and eventually stuck with the Lego series play. I'm already working with, uh, with Lego yeah. for nearly 10 years now. I'm just wondering how old you are. <laughs> if I ask you, <laughs> I'm looking really young, I guess. Yes, of course. I'm 41. 41. 41. Okay. Yeah. 41. Okay. Um, so struck by lightning. Sounds struck by lightning. Really it young. felt uh, felt like that at that moment. That, that's how you find a job. That's struck by lightning. It's really great. Um, it happened to me as well. Anyway, um, uh, what what do you like most about your job? Um, well, as I said, my intention is to make work feel like play. Mm-hmm. And the things that I like most about my job are the moments that it feels like play for myself. Mm-hmm. And um, that is not necessary when I'm running or facilitating a session. But sometimes in preparing the session and getting my stuff together and coming up with a session plan and building it out myself using Lego or making little drawings. And uh, like in, in these times of uh, COVID-19, I'm also forced to do some of my work online. Mm-hmm. And I really love to make those uh, uh, Miro or mural uh, virtual whiteboards and, uh, and arrange ideas to, uh, mm-hmm. to shape a setting, to create a setting for other people where they... Um, where they can share their insights and share their ideas. Uh, so, so preparing and making uh, 
settings ready where people can be creative and playful. Uh, that's one thing that I like most. And one thing that I appreciate most is my, uh, my autonomy as in, in being an uh, entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. There were days that I worked for a boss and uh, those days won't come back. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, okay. And what do you like least about your job? What I like least about my job is sometimes I, I need to say yes to some assignments. Yeah. And when a, an assignment turns out to um, to a situ when when it turns to a situation where I am the one who has to write a report on the things that we have done, uh, I don't I don't like that. I always try to mobilize a group and get ideas out of a group and make people enthusiastic about the things that they've come up with. And then uh, when it when I haven't managed in getting the group at that stage where they where they go along with their own ideas and I have to be the one. Uh, uh, making the conclusions, I don't like that. <laughs> I try. I tried to found a company with two engineers last year, mm. and they were really like, "You have to write reports. Of course, you can't let a customer go without a final report. Longer is better, and stuff like that." And I said, "You are mad. <laughs> Who wants to write reports?" Well, I'm, I'm into a, a somewhat larger assignment now for yeah. two or three days a week. And uh, I have to make reports as well to yeah. uh, to make clear what we have done in the last few months. Yeah. Uh, but also then, uh, I prefer to do that in, in a virtual whiteboard as well or to make a Lego okay. model to, to present my thoughts and my activities instead of coming up with something that is at least 1,200 words in uh, Arial font, uh, font size 10 or so. Um, I prefer not to. Okay. So, and if you combine playing and business, mm-hmm. how, how do you get it done that people take this serious? Well, everyone, everyone in, uh, not just in a workplace, but in general, everybody has played. Yeah. Um, and most people, when I, when I ask them about their play history, they tend to look at, at, their, at their youth, at, at the period of zero to 18 years, uh, as the period that they have played most, but in this period, ev- every one of us has shaped as a person, mm-hmm. um, and everybody has vivid memories of him or herself uh, playing around. Um, but when you enter the workplace, things turn into something more serious, yeah. or so. Um, and what I notice is that when when I share my uh, playful images or my playful experiences. That it, it it strikes something at people who then that it, it lights up in their eyes and they think, wow, that might be interesting. Maybe maybe I can try something as well, or maybe do just this little one thing to make my work feel a bit like play somewhat more. Um, and sometimes there's just serious issues at stake that uh, were still where people still not have found a way to address those in a way that everybody's involved, that they come up with some, some new ideas. Um, and what like Lego is a way to get everybody involved and to come up with new creative ideas and come up with some shared images. It's really about serious stuff. 
only the way you approach it is more a playful one, more one that that really fits with people. So the how do you how do you present play as being serious is by developing serious solutions, but not in the formal, boring way we were used to do so, but by using playful interventions, playful mindsets, playful tools to come up with something that is serious. Do you have one example for a problem you solved um, or a question you answered with, with Lego bricks? Oh, hundreds. Hundreds, okay, <laughs> one would be enough. <laughs> well, one, one, most, uh, one solution that is common um, is building on a team new project team or new uh, not not always a new team but an existing team as well to discover which qualities you have aboard which, which people are mostly uh, again with with others what kind of team dynamics you see what kind of values you would appreciate in your team mm -hmm. and how you could play out scenarios in your team to see how you how you stick to those values principles etc you can have a, a, a discussion about that But then you don't get to this uh, 3D uh, thinking uh, level. Then you don't get to a, a level where everyone in the room is uh, evenly uh, involved. And you don't get the whole picture. You always get the thing that you see yourself and not the things that other people in your team are seeing. And usually a, uh, a team session like that ends up in a, a large shared model, uh, Lego model in, in the center of the table that all of the people in the room understand and that everybody can tell their shared story about and it illustrates this is the team that we are striving to be, these are the qualities that we are uh, uh, that we are using, these are the things that we have to develop and this is what we're going to do next year. Okay, is it like people building things or making things visible with the Lego stuff they never would say like? never would communicate if you ask them or uh, also in, I'm not sure about you but in every meeting that I have there's always one or two persons who are talking 80% of the time mm -hmm. and a few people that you don't hear at all and an intervention like uh, Lego Series Play helps to get everybody building uh -huh. and to get everybody talking about the things they have built. Okay. So it helps to get all people talking and all uh, different uh, points of views in the room. Mm -hmm. okay. So it helps to, uh, for me, it would help to see your point of view on a certain matter, like the team we are or the market position we're in or the scenarios we have to develop. It helps to see your opinion about that. And uh, Lego is a method that, that well, it's easily, it fits in your hands, but your hands are tied to 80 to 85% of your brain. So you're activating your, your whole brain. Uh, and it might be that you come up with a model that you're telling a story about your model and that you notice, well, that was not, I, I, I didn't know I wanted to tell that. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing that was on top of my mind. So sometimes it helps to make this un unconscious uh, yeah. images that people have, have uh, make it really tangible and, uh, and put on the table. Okay. 
Um, I would like to talk to you uh, about work and playing. Okay, my experience as a job coach is that if um, people really enjoy the work, and let's say it feels like playing or they really enjoy it, okay, colleagues hate them <laughs> because they have to do all the stuff they don't like, and you just enjoy your work. <laughs> Isn't it a problem if you just play and you really enjoy it? Are, go, are people going to hate me? <laughs> well, not every time, of course. Yeah. When I, uh, the first thing that that uh, com comes across my mind is uh, the street where I used to grow up. Yeah. We had a street with I think 20 houses, mm -hmm. and in those 20 houses there were maybe 25 kids living. Okay. Of those 25 kids, maybe there were two or three having the same playful interests. Mm -hmm. um, those two or three were uh, using their imagination, coming up with beautiful stories, always making beautiful drawings that the other ones didn't really understand. There were two or three people, three or two or three kids who really love to play outside and are really able to make beautiful. Uh, Uh, little houses using uh, using trees and stuff. And there are a few who were really good in, in doing teamwork and listening to others. Um, so everybody has their own play preference. Mm -hmm. The same goes in your work. Some people really love it to work on their own, um, use their minds and, and solve complex puzzles, while others really love to use their hands and create something tangible. And For me, the things for, that are playful to me mm -hmm. are not per se the things that are playful for you. Mm -hmm. okay. um, so for me, being playful in my work is not an excuse to only do the things that I like, but to do the things in a way that really fit me and to let you do the, really, the things that really fit you. And uh, if everybody can be playful, maybe some work wouldn't be done. Yeah. But at least we all would have more fun and energy to do to also do the things that we have to do. Yeah, I would say like there are people who like to do stuff you wouldn't believe that anybody can like this, <laughs> and you just also, don't yeah. have to force people to do stuff they don't like. You just, you just have to find people who like the work, and so then you're fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and well. When I would work 40 hours a week, not all of those 40 hours are evenly playful. Mm -hmm. um, but when I would have, say, at least 20 to 30 hours in that week that I'm doing things that really fit me, then it's not a problem at all to take those other 10 hours and do the things that have to be done as well. Um, I am the one in our company doing the administration, and it's not because I'm... Uh, because it's so it's fitting my playful history mm -hmm. uh, but it's because I believe I, I, maybe I have the most uh, energy left <laughs> or inspiration <laughs> left to do that yeah and to illustrate our, our administration is not playful at all but <laughs> not playing around with numbers and stuff <laughs> well, the only way out is through or what yeah, okay. <laughs> that brings me to, to your podcast to the podcast you published and I listened no. to um, it's regarding the mindset. When when does playing end and does it have to end? Um, mm. I listened to the podcast episode with Judith, your business partner and yeah. partner in life. Yeah. And um, um, you asked her about her play history and you wonder that she didn't mention sports. 
Um, yeah. And she said that when she was young, uh, when she saw, uh, thought about sports, there was always the competition she had in mind, uh, which was the same with me, actually. So I can really follow that thought. Um, then you had the podcast with Haye. Um, yeah. And he said he had a very good example. He said he liked sex and playing around exploring sex, but he wouldn't like to have sex when he gets paid for it. Mm -hmm. So then it stops. Um, and I thought, well, it can be kind of game as well. You, you give away control, somebody else says. It depends on the point of view. It's, it's the same with work, I think. So, But that was an interesting thought. Um, and um, I've got clients who don't want to make the hobby, turn it into their job, because it feels like losing the hobby. Mm. And I, have, uh, I had one client in my humor coaching. Um, he was self-employed and he thought about He wasn't sure if he wanted to go on as a self-employed guy or if he wanted to be um, to, to be an employee again. And, and it was very interesting because for the company um, he opened, um, for the work he did, he chose something he doesn't really like. Hmm. Because he thought, if I, um, if I choose something that's really coming out of my heart, something I really love, it will be very hard to fail. So, but if I lose a job, I, I, I hate anyway. And he doesn't hate it. Yeah? But if I lose a job, I don't really like, don't like that much. Failing is easier. Hmm. And I can really understand that with COVID. I got some problems as well. So I, I looked for myself. I found jobs I really loved. And if you can't do that anymore, this is really, really hard. <laughs> so, but um, why does it have to, why do you have to stop playing when you get paid for it? Is this is is this something people have in mind? So um, it would be it would re, it would be really bad, you know. You will never find a job you really like if it's, if fun stops once you get paid for it. Well, playing is not exactly about the what of doing your job. Mm -hmm. um, it's more about the how. Of, it's more about the how you are doing your job. One of the key. Uh, definitions of play you could say one of the key characteristics is that it is freely chosen and when you are forced to do something or mm. when you are put into a situation where it, it might not feel as if it's your own choice to do stuff yeah. um, then the, the playful element uh, diminishes so in the examples that you mentioned uh, li like highest one when he would be paid to have sex, then it would not be his, his full auton autonomous, autonomous, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. his free choice uh, to be in that playful sex situation. Yeah. Uh, like Judith, she really loved to do the game she did, but when competition came in, yeah. then there were suddenly rules that she had to stuck to and, uh, and uh, opponents who wanted to read something yeah. else that, uh, that she wanted. And then it didn't feel like play anymore. Yeah. So it's not freely chosen. Now, when you enter a job, any job, I would suggest that if, if, it, if it's 40 hours in your week, that you would pick something that you would like to do because well, it gives you, gives you more energy than it costs. And play comes in as a way you could approach your work yeah. so play is not about um, 
having contact with uh, customers or coming up with reports or repairing machines or um, the way I present it it's more about your playful mindset and maybe I can use myself as an example um, maybe I'm not the best example I, I, I must say because <laughs> I used to play with uh, Lego and now I, I've, I've put this Lego stuff in, into my working environment but when I look at myself as a kid in a, or when I look at myself yeah. in a place of playful situation my play preference is about imagination coming up with new ideas yeah. building my own imaginary castles in my head um, being on my own not, not working together with others yeah. um, creating stuff making tangible stuff when I could do something like that in my work then it feels playful for me so that's not about creating a report, not about the contents of a report that I yeah. make, but it's about the way I can make this report. Mm -hmm. It is not about having meetings that are dull, but about the way we have this meeting. You understand? Yeah. I'm when I have a free choice in how I can address my playful preference in the things I do, it doesn't matter at all what kind of job I have. But when I cannot have this playful attitude in my work, then it would really depress me. I think uh, I would like to keep the relaxed feeling when you play. Um, for example, when you play tennis or soccer with a friend, just for, for the crack, for fun. Yeah. Uh, for the crack. I lived in Ireland for a while, so for the crack is Irish for, for fun. <laughs> um, um, for fun. Um, or you play a, a competition. Yeah? Yeah. Um, then you want to win the game. Um, if you play Lego uh, as a child, you just play it and the result doesn't really matter. If you play Lego with the team in a company, um, you, you maybe want to have any kind of result, a question answered, a problem solved, uh, uh, I don't know. And if you do any kind of work, um, whatever it is, um, you maybe uh, want to have some results for your boss, you maybe want to be the best in the team, you want to be the next one going up uh, in the career and stuff like that. So you lose the relaxed feeling like mm -hmm. because you want to win or get a result. And it's the same with creativity. You, you spoke a lot about in your podcast as well. So. Um, if you have um, if you write an article and you have a point of time it has to be done um, or it has to be a good article um, I don't know, millions of people reading it or your boss uh, just waiting for a bad article I, I don't know, and you have to stay relaxed um, and if you want to write the perfect article, maybe you, it takes an hour for the first three sen sentences and <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you can write a really good one in ten minutes um, when you are relaxed like, you know and I think it would be interesting to keep this relaxed situation and, and so that it's easier for you. Well, when it, when it turns into a game or a competition, then, uh, uh, then it becomes more strict. Yeah. Um, and you're forced to do stuff and, uh, and there's these rules and regulations and goals. And, uh, and some people really love that, but not all people find that evenly playful. Yeah. And... Uh, being playful is being in your relaxed mode indeed yeah so uh like the the illustration of coming up with the best ideas when you're uh, uh when you're showering 
Yes. Uh, or when you, what, what I notice, my, my, I've got my best ideas when I'm moving. Yeah. Sometimes I need to write a report and then I'm looking at the screen of my laptop and that is not the moment that, that my inspiration pops up. Uh, but when I close a laptop and I walk for 30 minutes, I, I need to keep my, my cell phone close with me to make all these notes that pop up. And then I can write something in, in well, just a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, so it's all about recognizing how you could make your mind maybe even more relaxed and, uh, uh, and, and having fun with the things you're doing. When I made my apprenticeship as a job coach, I had an American guy who, who, was, uh, who taught me. And he said, if you are looking for good ideas, get wet. We say, in America, we say, get wet. Yeah? Mm. So that's the shower or go swimming. And for me, also sauna. Sauna is huh? re really good. And moving, like walking, uh, is also very good. But at work, sometimes it's um, not that easy to get wet. <laughs> And, you, and use your hands. Like, <laughs> like, your I, hands, like yeah. I said, with the, with the Lego part, your, your hands are tied to 85% of your brain. Yeah. So by just using your hands, you're, you're, activate, you're activating everything here. Yeah. Um, and I noticed that even when I, when I make notes by hand, I don't have to look back at it because it, it's, it's stored up here. Yeah. Uh, and when I type something on my laptop, I always have to use uh, Google or the search function to see oh, what was the thing again that uh, yeah. that I wrote down. I think that uh, I can imagine maybe you you have to confirm that or, or not um, is that um, if you want to if you want a good result uh, this blocks your brain. Um, if you if you use Lego maybe you just think like okay I'm building something with Lego let's see what it gets uh, we can't really do anything right or wrong just mm. building something so and then this opens your mind and you build anything and then you get uh, get a crazy idea maybe maybe you get a great idea or, mm -hmm. or so you get a crazy idea and then you talk about it and then it's a great idea yeah. you can use yeah. but you have to get people in that mood you have to get people in that mood yeah like it, well as in this office building where we are now yeah when I just put a pile of Lego on, on a desk for someone they don't they don't naturally pick up those bricks and come up with this beautiful model that illustrates their vision on their uh, on this company or so. Um, so I have to help them a bit. Yeah. Uh, that's why we need playful facilitators in this world. Yes, definitely. Uh, so there is a need for this job. Um, because yeah, you have to get them in the mood. You have to give them their, the, the playful confidence to come up with uh, solutions. You have to make them discover that everybody has their own opinions and they have to illustrate that uh, we're using metaphors the whole day yeah. and that they're allowed to do so because it's 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 one of the parts of our language it's uh, one of the ways to make yourself understandable to other people so you give them a kind of a shower yeah i'm the, i'm the wet maker the wet maker <laughs> vero makes you wet vero makes you wet <laughs> <laughs> Only when it's freely chosen. <laughs> <laughs> freely chosen. Okay. Well, it were uh, 30 minutes already. Um, your your website is uh, www.sininthesack. Yeah. yeah genau. Dot nl. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, maybe you can just uh, give us a little explanation at the end. What is Sin in the Sack? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I recall that you asked me this question. What what was what would it be in German again? 
ähm, I would say, das macht Sinn oder der Sache Sinn geben oder yeah. Sinn ins Leben bringen. Oder so gets, uh, find the sense, create the sense, uh, give it things. a sense. It's all yeah. those things. The, the, the beautiful thing of the word Sinn in Dutch yeah. is that it has this double meaning. Yeah. Um, on the one hand, and, and that's in German as well, I guess. Uh, on the one hand, Zin is about uh, meaning and purpose and uh, um, finding a, a great goal to work on. Mm -hmm. uh, on the other hand, it's about having positive energy um, and engagement to work on that goals. Mm -hmm. um, so those, both of those elements we think are really important to have... Uh, fun, uh, pleasure, uh, engagement uh, in your work to come up with good results and not get sick of the things that you're doing all of the day. Hmm. That, that was a perfect conclusion. I <laughs> 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 couldn't find something better for, for a podcast like this. Yeah. Uh, Vero, thanks very much for taking your time. It was a pleasure to have you here and um, really thank, thanks a million. Yeah, you're welcome, man. You play home. Play <laughs> home. Okay. You would love to work in the Netherlands and find a job that you like so much that you can't even wait until it's Monday? Then don't hesitate to book coaching with Heiko Link via www.crowdworking.nl. So, the, the interview is over, the show is over. Um, what are we going to do now? Are we going to stop playing? Are we going to start playing? Are we going to continue with playing? Or? There's one thing that I would like to... Uh, maybe you can include that in the speaker notes or something or, or in any publication you use. This, um, this American guy, um, John Stewart, he's called, I guess. Uh, he has this TED talk. And in this talk, he illustrates that um, the opposite of play is not uh, not play, but it's depression. Depression? Yeah. So when you deprive people of play, yeah. then they will turn out in, in a certain depression. So when uh, in the example that you mentioned, when you force yourself into a situation that is not so playful or not so fun or not the thing that's really aligned with you, mm -hmm. um, you have a somewhat bigger chance of ending up in a, in a depression because you're okay. doing stuff the whole day that you that's not really in line with who you are. So playing is saving your life. Playing is saving your life, absolutely, wow. yeah. Absolutely, so keep on playing. Yeah, it's crucial so, for mankind. Keep on playing or die. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The crowd of playing. <laughs> playing gives crowds to your life. That crowd stopped playing. <laughs> so this one, I think this was the dessert of our, uh, of our meeting. <laughs> okay. Well, here we go.